As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. Welcome to the Engineer Your Success podcast. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. I am your host, Dr. James Bryant, and I have the pleasure of interviewing Jennifer Brandenburg today. Jennifer, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, James? I am doing great. It was really good seeing you at the TRB annual meeting. Yes, it was. In person. So it was good to have that in-person contact. For those people that may be listening to the podcast that really don't know who you are, I know we have your bio and that's going to be included in the show notes, but could you briefly tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, wow. I am a uh, transportation professional. I graduated from North Carolina State University and uh, stayed in the Raleigh area and worked for NCDOT for about 30 years. I retired as the state asset management engineer, uh, worked in construction, maintenance, and asset management through that time. And then I went to work for an engineering firm for a few years, and I now work for Agile Assets. Uh, We have just recently been bought by Trimble, and we are the developers of asset management transportation software. So I am the uh, Southeast account representative for them. And uh, in my spare time, I teach highway infrastructure class at East Carolina University in Greenville, which is a couple hours from me. So I drive to Greenville every Friday and teach my class. Uh, I have about 90 students between the two sections. So that's that's been a lot of fun. Uh, My husband and I of 35 years this year, uh, oh, congratulations. Yeah. We live on a farm in Oxford, North Carolina, and have a few random chickens and dogs and other creatures that live around here. Oh, Jennifer, that's awesome. So aside from all of that, what do you like to do for fun? When the weather is good, like to garden, have a fairly robust vegetable garden out in the yard here, and uh, walk, exercise, Enjoy getting together with friends. I just love people. It was that was good to see you and sit and catch up for a little bit. But uh, yeah, those are what I do for fun. No, oh, that is cool. So I met Jennifer many, many years ago uh, when I used to work for the Virginia Department of Transportation. And Jennifer was working for NCDOT. So that was a long time ago when we met. But been great friends, great colleagues ever since. And again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time for the interview. So I have a few questions for you that we typically ask the people that are here because we talk a lot on the podcast about success principles and and understanding that success is a journey and that our definition of success tends to change depending on where we are in life. So you've talked about a lot of different things that you've done in your career. Are there some threads or things that you can think of that you would tell a, say, a younger engineer that's thinking about coming into the workforce or thinking about taking on this as a profession? Be flexible. 
is my key message. So when I graduated from NC State, I was already dating the man that became my husband. I wanted to stay in the Raleigh area. I had grown up and been mentored by a vertical building contractor. So that's what I thought I wanted, but a job didn't come in that market to stay in the Raleigh area. So I took a job with North Carolina DOT. That was a big transition, big flex change, and loved it. Loved uh, horizontal construction, as it were. Had a, had a really uh-huh. great career at NCDOT. When I started at DOT, well, I want to be in construction the whole time. I don't want to ever want to leave this job. Well, after a couple of hurricanes, maintenance called, and I became a maintenance engineer. Yes. So that's another big shift in the career, which was the time that asset management was just beginning to get popular in transportation circles. And had it not been for that transition to maintenance and then to asset management, you and I would never have met. So there's some of those flexible things. You know, you never know what's around that next corner or over that hill that seems scary. Um, but there's more to do, more fulfillment on the other side that you just don't even realize yet. And I think being flexible not only helps you early in your career, it also helps you as you're going through your career, as you're making different transitions. Um, And so I imagine that there was a transition for you, as for many, when we're going from being an engineer to then managing other engineers or managing other people. Can you talk a little bit about that? that? And they don't teach you that in engineering school. They they do not teach you management skills. So coming into management humbly, really, um, because you as a new engineer and they give you 20, 30 people to manage and they're all older than you. And they've all been in that job for probably as long as you've been alive, some of them. Um, And they're going to test you and they're going to see what they can get away with. So just being humble and don't come in there and act like just because you've got the college degree, you've got all the answers because you do not even begin to have the answers. Um, And then I, I was fortunate enough to have some good mentors early in my career. And I think those mentors are. Okay. The people that you can rely on to help you get through some of those challenges. So do you have any stories that you can share that you'd be willing to share, uh, you know, early on when you're coming in? Now you have to manage people and somebody does something or they test you or they're doing something. Any oh, wow. interesting stories More than you can one. share? First job, resident in, I was an assistant resident engineer, which meant I was overseeing a couple of different small construction jobs. One of my mm-hmm. project inspectors had a little project up probably a half hour, 45 minutes away from the office. He was used to working alone. Nobody ever bothered him. I would come see him once a week, my happy, bubbly college graduate self and can't (laughs) wait to spend some time with John. And he would pull shenanigans on me on that project. He would call me up and tell me that they had found this major problem on the project and this major design bust. And I needed to come up here and see what it was. And then he'd get me all the way up here and he'd just laugh. Yeah. I just wanted to see if you'd actually come. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. goodness. Um, Just as internet and email was getting popular, I was in maintenance. At that time I had, three different county maintenance yards that reported to me and email was just beginning to come online. And one of my county maintenance engineers loved to slip out on Friday afternoon. And as email was coming Mm -hmm. online, he would send me an email Friday before lunch. And all it would say was, are you in? 
And if I didn't respond to it, <laughs> he knew that he needed to work all day because I was out in the field. If I did respond to mm-hmm. it, he knew it was a pretty safe bet. He could leave at lunch and I'd never know it because I'd never come to a person county. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you were really good at the what we would call the soft skills, the people skills in talking to people, connecting with people and getting to know people. And I think that is one of the things that you, they don't teach it in school. And a lot of times it's not always valued as you're coming up in your career. There's some people that can see it, but there are other people that are like, well, you have people skills, but do you have the technical background to do this? Or is it technical this? And it's really that combination of the technical background and the ability to communicate and connect with people that really sets you up Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. a great leader. Yeah. Engineers are notorious for not being able to communicate. And so that's what I think has been one of my big big keys to success is being able to communicate with people, um, listen to them, Mm kind of hear where they're coming from, and then be able to talk to them on their level, whatever level that is, but be able to communicate um, to them. In the role I'm in now, I was um, Agile Assets is the maintenance management software for North Carolina DOT. So I was... North Carolina DOT customer side, and then now I'm on the company side, sales side, um, talking to computer engineers and developers. And I am I've had to learn a whole nother language to be able to do that. Yeah. But then to be able to, yes. to, I call it translating, translate engineer to computer yes. developer has been a trick. So. At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done for you services or as done with you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today. Yes, that is a big one because... You know, one communication has to be structured in a way that the person you're communicating to is going to be able to receive it. If if people have listened to this podcast before, I've talked about you know everything I needed to learn about communication, both in business and life. I learned the first three years of marriage because that's because my wife and I have two totally different communication styles and ways in which we give and receive communication. So I had to learn to start communicating things and packaging things in a way that she could actually, you know, hear me. And in order for me to do that, Mm -hmm. I had to start listening to really Mm -hmm. hear her. And so I cannot stress the importance of really listening is a really big part of being Mm -hmm. an effective Mm -hmm. communicator. So, you know, you're talking about these different transitions, right? You know, you were in the DOT as an engineer, then you were managing other engineers, then you were managing a division, I think, or something like that. So you were managing a whole bunch of other people. And now you made the transition into the private sector. So how was that shift from the public sector to the private oh, sector? Um, public sector from DOT to private sector, or private engineering firm, big, huge transition. Mm-hmm. That uh, loved the company, loved the people I worked with, but it just wasn't a good fit for me. 
Okay. I, I don't know how to even ex- describe that it wasn't a good fit. Um, but after about four years, I left there. Um, now, coming to Agile, that transition from state government to Agile assets, private sector, has been an easier transition for me because I knew, I sort of knew the background okay. and knew what they expected. Whereas on an engineering firm, you, mm-hmm. you you get very little direction. It's more of just go do something and make money at it while you're going while you're doing it. Um, and that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine. So when you're coming from a state agency background, pretty much everything mm-hmm. is prescribed. You need to do this this time. Here are the rules and the regulations that you have to follow. And you kind of you may get frustrated by the policies at time. But it's there in you might color, try to color outside the lines a little bit when you can or you get as close as you can. But you are pretty much contained in what you can do. And then when you're in the private sector, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different, particularly if your role is to be the rainmaker or the person that's going to be doing business development. They're looking for you to with your contacts to be able to help lead that company to some other contracts or to make to generate exactly. some additional revenue. Exactly. And the role they had me in was that business development role. But then they also said, well, reach out beyond your network and hit these other like municipalities and find to find mm-hmm. different kinds of work. And so that was really hard to dig for that it was was tough. What would have been useful for you in coming into that role? Now, thinking back, what could the other company have provided for you? to help make that transition. Communication, we'll go back to that. Communication and guidance. My direction was go do and make money at it. And um, that was tough. And the man that I was working for at the time was Uh not a very good communicator. He kept his frustrations bottled up until they just exploded. Um, And then you were running for cover, trying to figure out what did did I do? What did I not do? Mm. Whereas... Agile has a much more structured program of weekly check-ins and weekly guidance. And you always kind of know where you stand. So that's that's a big difference. So I guess it's very similar to what we would prescribe for if you're managing anyone, where you want to have frequent check-ins, you want to be able to communicate where they stand, where they are. You want the requirements of the position to be really clearly stated and not just the end result, but you know, a little bit more about this is what we're, our expectations are and what we expect for you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't really feel like I got that at the other place. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, <laughs> being so, honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's sharing and being honest. So, you know, we've talked about really the, the power and the necessity of effective communication, being clear, being able to have that technical background to translate the information so that the people that you're communicating to can actually do something with it. And I think if people don't take anything else from this conversation, it's really going to be that there's power in being able to effectively communicate. So now you've been in these couple these different things. Are there some general or any other success principles that you can think of? Talked about being adaptable and flexible. We've talked about effective communication. What are some other success principles or leadership qualities that have been beneficial? Have you seen beneficial throughout your career? Always eager to learn. One of the catch lines at NCDOT was, but we've always done it this way. And 
you know, be willing to learn, be willing to try Mm -hmm. something different, be willing to fail. If it doesn't work, it's okay. Um, Such as my private engineering firm experience. It didn't work. Okay. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off and try something else and see what happens. Yeah. So try, just keep trying. Don't let one failure block your next career. Failure is not fatal unless you stop. Exactly. Failure is not fatal unless you stop. And Mm -hmm. I recently did a talk about the mindset of success. And part of one of the things is to be able to embrace the whole concept that that failure is not fatal. And Mm -hmm. when you think of it that way, then you can try, try again. You know, we all grew up with the, with the line of at first you don't succeed, try, try again. We become adults, we get in our careers and we're like, no, that didn't work that time. So I'm never going to try it again. And it's really hard to grow when we take that approach. I have read that walking, learning to walk as a baby. You fell down time and again, but you still got up and did it. And that's the same principle. Same thing about learning how to drive. I remember the Mm -hmm. first time I tried to learn how to drive, my feet were shaking so much, you know, (laughs) that I I didn't know what was going on. But, you know, you keep trying, you move past your nerves Mm -hmm. and you get better. You absolutely work at getting better. Well, Jennifer, I want to thank you for our time. I also like to give people the chance to talk about any kind of service oriented things that you're doing, whether it's a, a charity or, you know, anything that you would like to kind of shed light on, because to me, it's important that we continue to give back. And I wanted to provide the opportunity for people to highlight some of the organizations that they're involved with. Yeah, sure. I started in 2013 working with a lady that runs a non-chair a nonprofit called Support Military Families and the demographics that she presented to me were amazing. Most spouses of military members are under the age of 25. They have more than one child and these are remarkable in most cases women that hold it all together when dad gets shipped wow. overseas. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a couple of little kids and as life happens, the toilet blows up, the yard needs mowing, all of these things. And so um, that's what this organization support military families is about encouraging those spouses that are left at mm-hmm. home to hold it all together giving them financial skills because a lot of them had no idea how to make a budget, financial skills, employment skills, uh, job fairs, as well as uh, once a year, giving them that's a little package of goodies just for them because they get stuff for the kids or the military members get things, but these spouses don't usually get much. So support military spouses. And my other way of giving back to the next generation is that teaching at East Carolina. Adjunct faculty doesn't make any money whatsoever, but uh, (laughs) driving to Greenville and spending time with this construction management program, those construction students, and watching the light bulbs come on when you start talking about infrastructure um, and talking about, yeah, having them actually do the math and how much they pay in a year in gas tax and realize yes. that they spend more on streaming services and cell phones than they do for all the miles that they travel on the roadway. Just to get them to glimpse that principle 
It's priceless. And that my advice to them as they go out of the door and graduate is be flexible. <laughs> be flexible. Yep. Again, Jennifer, thank you so much. We're going to include a link to the charity that you're talking about in the show notes. So people, if they want to find out more information, you can click the link in the show notes. And absolutely, it has been fabulous having you on. Thank you so much. Listen, we're going to end this podcast here. I end it with this statement all the time. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And a select few actually follow through and do it to really live the life of their dreams. So take in some of the principles that Jennifer talked about today and incorporate them into your life. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life, and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.